So I promised that I would explain the hat, the pom-pom goofy hat. It's called a Beretta. And no, that's not a type of gun. When I told my boys I had a Beretta, they were, oh, when did you get a gun? I don't know if that's even those kinds of guns are legal in Canada, but anyway, why the hat? Well, really to understand the hat, you have to understand a little bit about the reason why I got it. It's obviously not a fashion statement. You don't wear something like this to be taken overly serious. But it comes down to the story of the faith of Natalie's grandmother, Olga, or as we know her as Baba. Baba came from Ukraine after World War II, started a life here after living and fleeing from the country, war-torn as it was, war-torn under Russian oppression. It's almost like history repeats itself. And she came here and established a life and had her family. But what was impressive to me about Baba and getting to know her as I was getting to know Natalie and her family was the quiet power of Baba's faith. It was evidenced in her prayer book, a prayer book that she kept with her. Pages were falling out. The pages were translucent in some places from so much daily use that the paper had almost become clear. And so when she died last year, I asked if it was possible for me to hold on to this prayer book. Now, it's in Ukrainian. I can't read a word of it. But it stands as a testimony to the quietness of her faith, the power of what she believed. She was not someone who went around and held her nose up in the air, the kind of person that Peter is talking about in our first epistle, when he says, for the freedom that you have in Christ, the redemption that you have from Christ, does not entitle you to walk around thinking that you are better than other people. And I think Baba embodied this faith so very well. She was quiet, she was simple in her faith, but she was fervent in the practice and the discipline of prayer and attending church. So when she died, she gave all of her grandchildren a little bit of money, and so this was an opportunity for me to honor her legacy by getting the hat. Now the hat is something that Anglican clergy and Roman Catholic clergy wear, and Baba was Ukrainian Catholic, which is a very interesting kind of amalgam of Eastern Orthodoxy and Roman Catholicism. It's Eastern Catholicism. I'm not going to get into the details of all that. But it seemed appropriate today to explain that because the witness and testimony of Baba's quiet and simple faith was something that was very profound and meaningful to me. That this woman who had gone through a lot, as we all do in our lives, fleeing a country, establishing herself in a new country, trying to make a life. Her struggles in many ways are the struggles of many people, but it was her faith that kept her strong in the midst of all that she experienced. And so in Jesus' um, discourse with his disciples from our Gospel reading, as I said, it's fitting that this reading just happens to fall on the observance of, of Mother's Day. Because Jesus here uses the image of childbearing to talk about how faith is born in each of us. How faith comes to live in our own lives. How the life of Christ himself 
is born in our flesh and comes to fruition in the lives we live. So in our reading for today, this is before, immediately before Jesus' betrayal, arrest, and crucifixion. And so the disciples up to this point have no clue what Jesus is talking about. When he says, you will see me for a little while, and then you won't, and then you will again because I'm going to the Father. And they're like, what? I mean, isn't that just like the disciples up to this point? They're completely clueless. Now, we have the benefit of hindsight of knowing what Jesus is talking about, but in the context here, the disciples have no idea because they're expecting that Jesus is going to be with them their entire earthly lives. We've got work to do, Jesus. We need you here. You're the leader of this movement you've started. So what do you mean you're going away? We know Jesus would, from time to time, kind of go off by himself to spend time in prayer, but they would always find him and bring him back to do that ministry. So here they're wondering, what do you mean you're going away? How could you leave us? How could you turn your back on us and go? And so Jesus takes the time to explain yet again to his confused disciples what is going on. He says to them, this is about my crucifixion, my death. You will be sorrowful for all that you will see, but the world will rejoice because they will think that they have finally been rid of yet another religious, political pest. But, Jesus says, that sorrow will turn into joy. And here he's quoting the psalmist who says, at night we go out with tears, but joy comes in the morning. And of course, this reference that Jesus is making to the Psalms is also a reference to Easter Sunday. The joy of what's going to happen. That Christ is risen, that Christ is risen indeed. But, Jesus says, I am going to the Father. I am going to leave. I'm here. I'm going to die. I'm going to be back. But then I'm going to leave again. And so the apostles are still confused about all this. And that's why Jesus gives the reference or the metaphor to faith as being like a mother in childbirth. But before we get to that, in this Easter tide, we are still basking in the joy of Easter Sunday. Beautifully represented here in the stained glass. The angel is showing the body. It's not here. The women come with a mix of emotions. Sorrow. Grief. Confusion. But you notice who's not in that picture. The disciples. The ones that Jesus has told all this stuff to, they are nowhere to be seen. Because they have locked themselves into a room because they do not want to end up like Jesus. So they hide. The Easter faith that we proclaim is born of the Virgin Mary in that stained glass, where she literally gives birth to God in the flesh. And the Easter faith that Christ is risen is entrusted to the women at the tomb, who are then told by the angel, go and tell Jesus' brothers who have chickened out and who are hiding in a room that he is risen. It is these women 
who give birth to that apostolic faith that we still proclaim to this day. This faith that Christ is risen. It's entrusted to them. And then it's entrusted to the apostles. Jesus has left his ministry to them. I'm leaving. I'm going back to the Father. I'm going to ascend, and we will celebrate the ascension in the life of the church in a week or so. But Jesus doesn't leave them abandoned. He leaves them with two things. A mission to proclaim the gospel that Christ is risen. And he leaves them with the gift of the Holy Spirit to be able to do these things. And so when we celebrate Pentecost in a few weeks, we will see how the faith of these apostles who ran and fled when Jesus was being betrayed and crucified, who locked themselves in a room, the presence of the Holy Spirit completely transforms them. It completely changes their lives. But what about that part where Jesus says, because I go to the Father, what is he getting at? Of course, he's talking about his ascension. And the ascension of Jesus Christ into the right hand of God the Father in heaven, which we've just proclaimed in the creed, is important. His ascension is the means by which Jesus brings us with him. Not in the body yet, but in the spirit. Because where we are, there he is also. Where he is, there we are. Because he's given us that mission to embody his very life and ministry here on earth. That's our purpose. We go to the Father with the assurance that Jesus is with us and that we are with him. That we can set our minds on heavenly things while we perform the ministry that he's given to us here on earth. We can go with the assurance that he does not leave us abandoned, but gives us the Holy Spirit, his very life in us, to enable us to do those things that he wants us to do. The early church had a word for this process. The word was theosis. It's a Greek word. And it basically means being made into God. Now, the early church fathers didn't mean that we would literally become God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But one early church father, Gregory of Nazianzus, whose, uh, whose feast day we celebrate this week, put it this way. Let us, since Christ became like us, let us become like Christ. This is the process of Christ being born in us. The process of being deified. The process of being made like Jesus. And this is possible only because Christ has ascended to the Father and given us the Holy Spirit. And this process of being made in the image and likeness of Christ, Jesus likens to childbirth. Now, I can't speak for all the mothers there. Jesus says, you know, after the mother is in labor and gives birth, she forgets the agony. Is that true, mums? I don't know if you ever really forget the agony. I've only observed these things. I've never been intricately involved in them except for that one little part at the beginning, but anyway. The point is here that the joy of that new life overshadows everything that came before it. And here Jesus is talking about our own lives. We will face struggles in our own lives. 
just the struggles of day-to-day life, but also because the world hates the followers of Jesus, we will face the struggles of what it means to follow in his footsteps. Because following in the footsteps of Jesus is not going to become an easier thing as time goes on. If anything, it becomes harder and harder, especially in a culture and a world that is very hostile to the gospel. And that's why Jesus likens it to the labor pains of a mother. Because in our own individual lives, Jesus wants to be born in us. But that means I have to get out of the way for him to be born in me. Paul says in his letter to Galatians, it is not I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live as Christ. And so that's why it's hard, because I have to get out of my own way. My selfishness, all those things that easily pull me away from the love of God, I have to be willing to sacrifice, to offer them up on the altar and say, God, take it away, because you are God and I am not. But this is also something for us to reflect on communally, as Christ is born in us as the body of Christ. What does God want from us as a church family? Well, the same thing he's always wanted. He wants us. But he wants us to participate in that mission that he's given us. He wants to be born in us. So when we go through times of difficulty and trial, we should not be surprised at these things. We should be asking ourselves, what is God trying to teach us in the midst of this? In the life of our parish, in the life of many parishes across the world, not just in Ontario or Canada, we have went through in the past two years a time of trial and travail and labor. And the point we need to be asking ourselves is how is Christ being born in us through these difficulties, through these challenges, through these struggles? We're still in the midst of them. We still face an uncertain future, but because Christ has gone to the Father, Jesus brings us with him. And we hope in his second coming that although we are with him spiritually now, we will be with him presently, uh, physically, resurrected in the body, participants in his heavenly kingdom, both in body and in spirit. But in the meantime, in the meantime, we have work to do the work of theosis, the work of Christ being born in us. He gives us his Holy Spirit. He gives us his word that we hear proclaimed. And he gives us his very life given to us in his body and blood. He gives us these things, not just as mere external markers, but as, inner, as a means of inner transformation that we may be literally filled with his very life, and that we may go from this place filled with his life to proclaim that good news, proclaimed by those women so long ago, that Christ is risen, he is risen indeed, and that our very lives are evidence and proof that this is so, because the fruit of the Holy Spirit is born in us. That when people look at us, they cannot help and... They cannot but help and see that Christ is risen because he's alive in each and every one of us. Thanks be to God.